From Olympic City and the home of Pikes Peak, this is the Automotive ADHD Show. And here we are rocketed on another great edition of the Automotive ADHD Show. It's heard around the world as a podcast and on the radio in Southern Colorado. Matt West here, hanging out with you, talking about cars. Oh man, I got a, I got a packed show for you. Really packed show. I've got tons of stuff to uh, talk about and tons of cool sound clips to play too. I got, I got a bunch of them. So that's going to be really exciting. We're going to talk about uh, F1 driver Charles Leclerc and how he released his new hit single on Spotify. Yep. Uh, Gran Turismo gets a movie, by the way, um, the video game gets a movie and everyone is left wondering why. Also, a familiar name returns to Pike's we're going to talk about that and play your car sounds right here on the show. Now, like I said, exciting, impact show. I'm actually a week behind. I had to catch up on some personal things and some work stuff. So I'm a week behind, but that does mean there is no shortage of things to uh, to talk about. So very exciting news as well. Coming up next week, uh, I have Mike Narks, co-founder and host of the Drag and Drive Addiction. Uh, Mike is a fantastic dude doing some really cool stuff. He's going to join me to talk about one of the coolest and maybe hardest forms of drag racing. I can't wait to have him on the show. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast everywhere, like everywhere it is, so you don't miss a thing. We're on Spotify, iTunes, iHeart, Amazon, YouTube, and Rumble. Next week is going to be a really fun show. So uh, now before uh, I get on to uh, some of that and some of the great things to talk about on this uh, episode of the show, I got I to gotta touch on this real quick. Uh, check out this headline, uh, hat tip Jalopnik here. Uber Eats driver gets one star review for refusing to deliver meth. Let that sink in for a second. Yeah. So this happened in Sydney, Australia, and uh, apparently a number of drug dealers have taken to using Uber Eats to deliver <laughs> to deliver their drugs. And uh, so what happened is this one driver was called to an Uber Eats order and they uh, showed up and got a suspicious looking bag that had zip ties holding it shut and what looked like a tube of toothpaste in it. And they said, well, this is really weird because somebody is paying a good amount of money for me to deliver a single tube of toothpaste kind of weird. So instead, they decided to deliver it to the police station. The police took a look at it, said, yep, that's meth. There's meth in there. And um, now the hilarious thing here is the person who hired them, who did the Uber Eats order, um, called the driver to cuss the driver out, complain about them, and then write them a one-star review for not delivering the uh, <laughs> the meth. And this is where it gets even crazier, by the way, because um, apparently initially until this story made the news headlines, uh, Uber Eats didn't actually, the driver complained to Uber Eats that there's this one-star review for declining to deliver meth. Um, and they wanted to have that review removed from their their score as a driver, obviously, for for obvious reasons. And Uber Eats wouldn't actually do it um, and Uber didn't refund them the money that they lost on that initially. That was until this made some uh, media headlines and suddenly that changed kind of weird. Now, if, um, I guess moral of the story here is, uh, if you're an Uber driver, um, that you should probably, 
um, if this happens to you, complain to all of the media outlets and then write, write a complaint to, to Uber that, that you got a one-star review for declining to deliver meth. I mean, this is weird. I mean, when you think about it, drug dealers must be getting really desperate now, in my opinion. They must be getting extra desperate that they're using... That, that, that they're using this method to deliver drugs. Like, yeah, I, I can't even be bothered. Maybe maybe drug dealers are getting, uh, I don't know, maybe they're getting lazy now. I, I don't know. I don't know any drug dealers, but um, maybe they're just lazy now. Like, why, why would I do it if I can have Uber Eats to deliver the drugs for me? So, oh man, I don't know. Hey, lots of great stuff to uh, talk about here. We're going to be talking about F1 and maybe music. That's next. In these trying times, the Speed Council needs your support. Well, mostly your money. All right, just the money. Join our Patreon today at thespeedcouncil.org to get exclusive benefits when you support Automotive ADHD. Digging it. Digging it. I love it. There we go. Those car sounds, courtesy of Evan Osborne. That was not his three-cylinder diesel tractor. That was his Chevy Monza, by the way. And congratulations to Evan Osborne for um, sending car sounds in uh, last month and also being selected as the car sound of the month winner. Evan, I did send you... The stickers, we already had the stickers actually from before, but uh, in the mail, you should have them. If you don't have them by now, let me know. But in the mail, you should have uh, the keychain and a $25 parts store gift card. How cool is that? Remember, you can send your car sounds into the show for a chance to have them not only featured, but for a chance to win some cool stuff. So uh, that is very cool indeed. Also, remember to support the Speed Council. Big thanks to the latest member of the Speed Council, Jeremy Shaft. Jeremy, uh, thank you for joining the Speed Council. Now, as a member of the Speed Council, Jeremy is getting early access to this show, as well as some other fun stuff, too. So uh, you should check it out, uh, thespeedcouncil.org. That's thespeedcouncil.org. So a uh, quick thing to hit on before we move on to some other things. Uh, you may recall last month, my 77 AMC Hornet was stolen, and I, I wrote... A eulogy for it. It was heartfelt. You can check out that uh, that episode of the show. I encourage you to check out that episode of the show. And, I, and we know this, and I talked about it then, that car theft is a growing problem. And uh, since then, I've had some listeners write into the show and share some of their stories, and uh, one of which was listener Clarence, uh, whose grandmother had her classic Ford Falcon stolen. And uh, it was her only car, by the way, and a very cool car at that. And uh, it was unfortunately stolen and untimely demise to that vehicle as well. But Clarence asked me to throw this out, which I'm willing to do. So I'm willing to help out here uh, and ask if anybody has a car that they would like to sell to Clarence, uh, Clarence's grandmother, uh, maybe, or give if you just have a car lying around that you don't need it. Maybe you can just give it to Maybe let me know on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash automotive ADHD, and I will put you guys in touch uh, so that can uh, happen and we can get uh, Clarence's grandmother uh, another car to drive around in because uh, car theft, uh, unfortunately, it seems like it affects all of us at some point here. And, uh, you know, and if you've listened to the show before, you know that I've talked about this 
Uh, I've talked about how Colorado, my home state where I reside right now, is the biggest uh, state for car theft. It is the we I live in the mecca of car theft, and it's not New Jersey. It's not New York. It's it. No, it's Colorado. Why? Um, And I do go into more detail on that. You can find that on an earlier uh, episode of the show. So um, anyway, here's something weirdly entertaining that you should check out. This is the uh, the, the dystopian future of self-driving cars. And uh, this comes by way of Aaron Cole from The Drive. Uh, hat tip there. And uh, so a policeman was uh, blocking an intersection to... Um, that's it because there was a there was a fire going on and there were firefighters that had to run hose a big thing of fire hose across the intersection so the policeman was blocking the intersection so cars wouldn't come through and run over the fire hose which would be a pretty significant problem if that happened so along comes a self-driving car uh <laughs> this is this is just weird the self-driving it's a self it was a self-driving taxi from the company Waymo uh, which operates these vehicles as I understand in California. Um, I have not seen many self-driving cars on the road. Um, I've seen them here and there, not really here in Colorado. Usually when I'm out of state, I do see them in some places and they're very weird. And they got the big thing on the, the on top of them with the, the LIDAR and it, it, this big cone thing sticking off the top of it. They're very, they, they do stand out. But what's funny is, um, funny, mildly disturbing while moderately entertaining <laughs> is that this taxi, the self-driving car, was proceeding into the intersection entirely ignoring the uh, vast swath of fire trucks and police cars that were all across the intersection and the fire hose. Presumably, it just thought the fire hose was a speed bump because it was yellow and about the size of a speed bump. But here's something really funny, though. The way the cop addressed the, <laughs> the self-driving cars, hilarious. I have a sound clip here. Listen to this. It centers objects right there in the... Uh yeah, it's gonna mess up the uh, the rescue. But if I if I pop a flare, what do you think? I'm curious. I hope so. Leave hella smoke in the front. No, you stay. Got a bit of a pickle. I got an autonomous vehicle, uh, the Waymo. It's uh, inching sl uh, slowly and closely to the uh, one of the main water lines that the uh, SF fire just charged can't run it over um is there a way you could contact you know, like a responsible to come out and disable this vehicle <laughs> stay but you stay there he was talking to it like a like a dog like sit stay good good waymo stay there waymo it heal <laughs> i don't know i don't know <laughs> shake no uh but yeah i i think that was i think that was interesting um, is kind of funny the way he addressed it, but he was presented with an issue that clearly um, he and his department hadn't run into before. Otherwise, there would have probably been a procedure for this uh, because they had to try to figure out how to stop the self-driving car from running over the fire hose. And the best they could do was stand in front of it, presumably knowing that the machine is programmed not to run people over. I don't really trust that, but that worked in this case. The police just stood in front of it and just were like, no, you, you, you stay there. Uh, now, the one police officer popped a flare, as he said, and, um, and used that to, as smoke to try to make the, the self-driving car stay. That didn't work. It was a good idea, good idea on the fly. 
Um, that was that was not enough to deter the self-driving vehicle. It had to be stopped by a person. Uh, ultimately, what happened in this situation is they did get a hold of, I guess, one of the fleet managers for Waymo who came there and did some sort of admin password and got into the car and then drove it elsewhere, did a did a manual override for it. Like, what is this? Like, like IT support, like remote support. Yeah, we're just going to remotely log in and do a do a I don't know. It was weird, but the, they actually did have to come in person to make that work. So um, I don't know. It's just a. It's just a very bizarre thing to happen, in my opinion. It's very strange. I mean, self-driving cars are really unusual. They are definitely something that is going to be a... Uh, they're definitely going to be around. We're going to see more of this. And, and emergency uh, crews need to be trained with how to handle these self-driving cars. But more importantly, the self-driving cars, in order to be, in my opinion, safe on the roads, that Waymo taxi thing should have... It, it, it should have known to stop. And you say, well, how could it know to stop? It's a self-driving car. How could it know that's a fire hose? It doesn't matter how it could have known. In order to be a safe vehicle on the road, it should know that. It doesn't matter if we have the technology for it to know that. If we don't have the technology for it to know that and for it to obey commands from first responders, um, then clearly it's not safe enough to be on the road because an actual driver would have stopped and an actual driver would have listened to the police officer instead of slowly inching towards the fire hose every time the police officer kind of walked away and he's just had to finally stand there and wait until someone else showed up. But that just means if people say, well, yeah, the technology is not there yet for the self-driving cars to learn to listen and follow instructions, then they're clearly not safe. This might be an unpopular opinion with people who like to look at technology and, you know, like the, 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 the theory, the thought of this self-driving technology. I get that. It's an unpopular opinion, perhaps, but it's a true opinion. It is it is factual that if the car can't listen to commands, it's not safe enough to be on the road. Um, because I mean, had had you been a physical, had you been an actual driver and you disobeyed the police officer's commands, uh, you would have gotten in some trouble. Self-driving car, who's responsible for it? Who is really responsible? And I think these are things that we have to consider. These are things that. We, as self-driving cars happen, we have to accommodate laws, training, so, uh, and first responders to, to figure that stuff out. So there you go. Now, hey, coming up, more stuff. We are going to talk about the latest uh, arrival to um, Pikes Peak, the Pikes Peak Hill Climb. You're going you're gonna to want to hear this. I'll tell you about it here in just a minute. Ladies and gentlemen, the Speed Council proudly presents... Automotive ADHD, now on video. For better or for worse, subscribe to Automotive ADHD, now playing on YouTube and Rumble. Nice. <laughs> Very nice. Jackson Friars. Uh, Subaru Legacy. You could hear a little bit of blow-off valve in there. You could you could hear some turbo noises. Good good stuff right there. Jackson sent that in from Australia, by the way. The land down under. So Jackson, thank you for sending that in, and also thank you for uh, listening to the show all the way in Australia. I think that's fantastic. I'm very happy to know that we have listeners uh, in Australia and and listeners who love cars. Who that is? That is what they do. That is what they love. That brings me great joy. So, Jackson, thank you for doing that. Uh, Jackson, you should also have. Uh, I did send. Uh, I I did send a uh, couple of stickers 
uh, your way. So uh, you should get those hopefully soon. They might take a little bit longer because uh, snail mail, you know, standard mail going international might take a bit. But hey, when you get them, let me know and uh, we can we can spread more <laughs> automotive degeneracy across the globe far and wide. So there you go. By the way, uh, just a quick disclaimer. If during the course of this show, I should have mentioned this earlier, if you hear some weird background noise, uh, I am doing the show from the garage studio this week. And uh, uh, the problem is you might notice if you're watching on video, YouTube and Rumble that um, that the $800 stroker Jeep is behind me in today's video. And uh, I don't think the $800 stroker Jeep has been on camera before. If you're watching on camera, you can see it's got mismatched doors, but it has flames on it. It, it has flames. Um, and it makes more torque than more torque and power than a Jeep has business making. But the problem is that the, uh, one of the fuel lines on top of the gas tank, the hose clamp has let go and, uh, and it's leaking fuel and it has been leaking fuel here in the garage a little bit, creating some fumes. So, uh, I had to go uh, open up in the break uh, the uh, the back door of the garage just so I I don't suffocate in here with all the uh, fuel vapors. If I if you know what if I say something um, if I say something that's usually like weirder than than normal if I say something weirder than normal <laughs> it makes less sense than usual less sense than it already does uh, that's probably why it's probably the fuel vapors I'll probably be dead by the end of the show but um, you know what we carry on that's uh, that's what we do so <laughs> there you go now this piece of exciting news here. A familiar name returns to Pike's Peak. I am a big fan of covering a lot of things going on um, around Pike's Peak because it's in my own backyard. Uh, like I can, I, if I were to look out the non-existent window on the back of this garage, if I went out the back door, boom, Pike's Peak right there. I have a great view of Pike's Peak uh, from my backyard. Um, that being said, uh, I like attending the races at Pikes Peak and have partnered up with Jimmy Ford from Jimmy Ford Racing to provide you some exclusive coverage of the hill climb um, uh, that, that you're just not going to get anywhere else. So you, you do have to stay tuned for that. That's coming up here in just like a month and a half, two months. End of June. It's going to be here really soon. I will say that. But another familiar name is going to be racing the mountain this year. Really exciting uh, announcement here. And the name, the last name is Block. You might. You, you might know where this is going if you're a fan of uh, the recently uh, departed, the late and great Ken Block. His daughter is going to be racing Pikes Peak this year. Yeah, Leah Block is her name, and she is going to pilot the Hunapagus. Hunapagus? It's like, it, it's, it, <laughs> I don't know. It's the name of the car. I, that's a, that's a, it's a tough one there, but that's the name of the, um, of the Porsche, the p bright pink wide body Porsche hill climb car, um, like, like Pegasus, but Hunapagus, like Hoonigan Pegasus, you get it, you get it. Um, and, uh, that is going to be piloted up the mountain by Leah block. Uh, and that's going to be on June 25th of this year. I will be there at the hill climb. I will be there with Jimmy Ford. I'll be there for the whole, uh, practice week. I have, uh, I have media credentials to be there in the practice week before the race and then during the race. Uh, and so who knows, who knows? I know Leah Block is probably a very busy lady going around. She's 16 years old, by the way, and she's going to be driving that car up the mountain, which is incredible. Um, but in her busy schedule, if uh, I, can, I can pull her aside and, and put a microphone in front of her, I will try to get her on the show. I make no guarantees, but I will try. Uh, I will be there, so it's at least worth, worth a shot. But the uh, Porsche, by the way, 1,400 horsepower, all-wheel drive. I saw it at last year's hill climb, and... Uh, 
it was, and it was really cool seeing it at the Hill Climb Fan Fest, but unfortunately during the practice sessions last year, it experienced some catastrophic engine failure uh, and unfortunately couldn't be repaired in time to uh, qualify. Uh, but but hopefully that will change. That will all change. And uh, I'm very much hoping that Leah um, has a very successful run up the uh, up the mountain. So that is uh, good on her. She's definitely she's following in her father's footsteps, stepping into a career of motorsports and racing. She has already accomplished in several realms of uh, motorsports. So uh, the Pikes Peak Hill Climb, obviously, it's o- it's only natural. You got to do the hill climb. I'm just saying. You got to do it. So uh, exciting news there. Congratulations to uh, Leah. And she's uh, definitely uh, following in her father's footsteps. And I'm sure he would definitely be a, he would be a proud father for sure. And again, it's very tragic that we lost him uh, earlier uh, this year. Now, uh, another topic here I got to get to. Um, and uh, we're just flying through these topics. This is it is. I told you a back show. There's so much stuff to talk about. Um, Gran Turismo, the video game, um, you might've, you might've played it, uh, this past year, last year, what was it? Gran Turismo seven came out. I'm not a very big gamer myself. I don't, I don't play a lot of video games. I just don't have time for them. But when it came out, I did steal my, my buddy's PlayStation and, and his PlayStation five and played a little bit of it. And I did make an exact one for one copy of the student driver S2000 that that's sitting in the driveway right now. That's actually running now, if you can believe that. I, it's running, well, it's okay. But uh, anyway, so uh, Gran Turismo, it's a racing video game. It is a classic racing video game. There have been multiple versions of it. And again, the most recent one having come out last year. And um, there is now going to be a movie. And I, I got to tread carefully here because Gran Turismo does sponsor the Pikes Peak Hill Climb I was just talking about. Um, but this movie, I, I, okay, so they announced that Gran Turismo, the car game, is getting a movie, and I think it left everybody kind of wondering why. There, it's, it's, it's a weird premise. The, the premise of the movie, and they just released the trailer, is, uh, and it's backed by Sony Pictures, and it's got some big names in the, in the movie. It definitely does. Um, and, um, but the uh, Gran Turismo movie, it's just, it's kind of weird. The premise is that a bunch of, Competitive Gran Turismo players, um, all the best ones around the world, are selected for their scores in the game, and then they are brought together to a training center where they all get to learn how to drive actual cars, and they're all driving very expensive uh, race-prepped Nissan GTRs, and they basically go through this academy, and then they pick one winner to join a race team. Kind of a weird concept. I, I find that hard to see that happening actually in person, considering you wouldn't take new drivers. Yes, they've been driving the video game, but you wouldn't take new drivers and put them in, you know, 200 plus mile an hour machines that cost a lot of money. You would put them in something like some Miatas and let them crash those for a little bit, and then they would learn. But I, I, I digress. Um, but here, I, I do want to, um, I do want to play a little bit of a uh, sound clip here, uh, from the, uh, from the trailer. So uh, stand by here, check. Check this out. Give this a listen. Tell me what you think about this. Here we, uh, here we go. What is this? It's a contest. The best Gran Turismo players in the world get a chance to compete in professional racing. Dude, this is real. This is real. I'm sorry. You really think you're going to take a kid who plays video games in their bedroom, you're going to strap them to a 200-mile-an-hour rocket. It'll tear him to pieces. <laughs> He's right about that. At least the movie is self-aware enough to know that. 
uh, that you take a, a bunch of uh, sweaty gamers and just stick them in race cars. That might be a safety concern. That might be a bad idea. I would not, I would not recommend that. I mean, yeah, yeah, you can learn to drive, right? You get into racing. You, you, you maybe don't start with the fastest cars you can find and just hope that these kids don't crash your uh, six-figure maybe even seven-figure custom, you know, actual competition cars. Uh, you, you maybe want to make sure that doesn't happen. But um, here's the weird thing about it, though. It, why? Why do we need... So the, 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 before I get into that, I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, oh, and there's, there's the music. Oh, hey, tell you what. I'm going to finish this thought because I got to finish this thought. I'm going to finish this thought on the other side of the break. We got to stick to the breaks because of the radio show, and I love it. But here you go. Uh, we'll, we'll finish those thoughts coming up here in uh, just a minute. And we'll also talk about how an F1 driver has a uh, hit song on Spotify. That's next. And now for how things work with an engineer. Engines. Spin. And that was how things work with an engineer. More of how things work can be found at facebook.com slash automotive ADHD. That is regular listener of the show, Bailey, and his uh, 2017 Focus ST that he just installed a Catless downpipe on. So uh, there you go. Nice and loud. A good, good drony cold start there. You got it. You got to love it. Bailey, thank you for sending that car sound into the show. And uh, thank you for being such a uh, dedicated listener of the show. Big shout out to Bailey. He's always interacting with the show and doing cool stuff on the Facebook page, Facebook dot com slash automotive ADHD. So uh, I got to finish my thoughts here from the last segment. I know this operates, the show operates a little differently than a lot of podcasts because it also is on the radio. I do have, I do have to pay attention to my break sometimes. I ran that a little bit long, but I do need to, I do, I have to talk about this because uh, the Gran Turismo movie, I was just talking about that. I was talking about how kind of ridiculous the premise of it is. It doesn't make much sense. Um, to use the the words of the current generation, it, it may even be a little bit of cringe. <laughs> Maybe not based. Uh, there we go. There we go. I'm, I'm trying to uh, trying to use some Gen Z humor here. I don't I don't know if it's working. It's probably not working. But uh, that being said, it's um it, it, here's there's some certain things. There are certain rules of the universe. Which one of those rules of the universe is that video game movies typically do not do well. And I know the Mario Brothers movie just came out and smashed some box office records. I'm going to ignore that for the sake of this rule. It is a rule except for that movie. But typically, video game movies, they just don't do very well. Video game adaptations of movies typically don't do well. Um, we are seeing there are video game adaptations in the form of the uh, Last of Us TV series. Uh, that has done quite well. Um, but generally speaking, video game movies just don't stick. And, and what I find so weird is a video game movie about a card racing video game, and it has a lot of scenes from the video game in it, and it like parallels the drivers racing in the game, and then they're racing in real life, and then they're racing in the game. And I get that, and I get there's a, I get, and I'm, I'm saying this as a disclaimer sort of, I understand there's an entire generation of people, of kids and young adults whose uh, introduction to racing has been through Gran Turismo. And I'm not trying to 
slam on the game itself. The game is fine. The game is fun. Um, you know, I'm not a big gamer, but the game is fun. That's that's fine. Uh, and, and there is some merit to sim racing. Competitive sim racers do gain some skills. I believe that there is some skill that they you can build when it comes to, you know, reading uh, where your line should be on a racetrack and doing some different things like that, learning a little bit about your braking zones and stuff like that. But I feel like a critical part of driving is actually doing the driving as well. And I feel like um, the experiencing the G-Force and not just because no matter how real the sim racing gets, even if they do it with the VR headset on, you don't experience that G-Force. You don't experience that actual feel of the car. It's not the same thing. Um, so while I think you can translate some skills from sim racing to actual racing, I don't think it's necessarily one of those things where you could just jump from a sim racing rig and then jump into a thousand horsepower all wheel drive GTR race car and not wreck it or, or at least do well enough to be competitive. Even if you were, even if you didn't wreck it, I, I just think that that gap is a little fan. It's a little bit of fantasy there, just a little bit, but that's okay. Movies are fantasy, right? Um, but here's my problem. Here's my criticism of the movie and it's just existence, which is there are so many good stories about racing. There are so many different stories that you could tell. And this film comes off being a little pretentious too, in many ways, it, it just comes off being kind of strange. And there's a heavy use of CG in a lot of the scenes. And I, I don't know. I think you could, you could tell a lot of very interesting stories throughout the rich history of racing. I mean, we've had movies about Nicky Lauda, you know, F1 driver in the 1970s. We had Ford versus Ferrari, a box office hit that resonated with not just car enthusiasts, but but people who also, uh, you know, just regular folks. And and you can absolutely do that. You can you can do that. There's so many good stories to tell. I mean, come on, where's another we need more movies. They're movies plural. There could be a number of movies about like Smokey Eunuch. Um, you know, the famous, <laughs> the famous guy who might or might not have cheated a lot in NASCAR back in the day. And I, I know there's been some things, films and stuff here and there about him, but I mean, like there's so many good stories to tell in racing of actual things that have happened. And this Gran Turismo thing, they say it's loosely based on a true story or a promotion that they did. I'm not really buying it. I'm really not buying it a whole lot. And it's just that the entire movie is designed to be product placement. So Obviously, Gran Turismo 7, the video game, is the primary focus of it. Uh, and then Nissan is the other big sponsor. All of the cars they're driving are like Nissan GTRs. So, um, you know, there's, there's, some, there's some product placement going on there. I get that. Companies need their product placement. They need their, their advertisements. But um, this is a film that I think it, had you spent the money elsewhere, there's, there's so many other good stories you could tell. Instead of, instead of doing this fabricated, strange, over-dramatized story about a kid doing sim racing and then, and then going through like driver boot camp with all these other sim racers and then going on the racing team, it's just a little, I don't know if I'm coming off as, as, with the opinion that I really have here, but it's just, it's kind of weird. It's disingenuine. I mean, there's so many other things you could do. So I think the movie leaves us wondering why. Why does it exist? And it exists because money and it exists because sponsorships. And I know Gran Turismo now who sponsors the Pikes Peak Hill Climb is never going to sponsor me, but, but that's, that's okay. That's fine. I'll, I'll make do without them. But um, you know what? The game's fun. 
I'm sure the movie's going to be entertaining. Uh, I will probably go watch it just to say that I did. Just to say that I did. I could be totally wrong. This movie could be amazing. The story and the writing and the directing could be fantastic. And I could be entirely wrong. It wouldn't be the first time. But um, I don't think I am. I don't think I'm wrong. So I will see. We shall see on that one. Let me know your thoughts on the uh, Gran Turismo movie uh, on the Facebook page. Facebook.com slash automotive ADHD. You can, uh, you can absolutely check that out. So now one other thing. I got to talk about before we wrap up this episode of the show, I have so many different stories to talk about and I don't even have time for them. It's a, it's amazing how time flies, but, um, this is funny. So, um, formula one racing driver, Charles Leclerc, um, or Charles Leclerc as he's, as he's known by fans. Um, he is, uh, he's, he's a, he's an F1 driver. Speaking of racing, actual racing, not 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 video game racing, but actual F one, you know, right? Um, well, he's uh, he's he's now a, he's a musician, and he's got a song on Spotify. And I, I got to tell you about this, but before I do, let me play this quick highlight clip from him uh, in F one, a fantastic, fantastic uh, t- uh, overtake that he did with um, uh, Charles, Ver- not Charles Verstappen, Max Verstappen. There we go. I swear it's those gas fumes; they're getting to me. <laughs> anyway, here you go. Listen to this. Down the inside. Charles Leclerc on Max Verstappen. Oh, and did that catch Max Verstappen napping a little bit? Because he certainly wasn't expecting Charles Leclerc to come down the inside. That was a brilliant move. Okay. Amazing F1 driver. Whether you like him or not, whether you like the team he's on or not, you got to appreciate some of the driving skill uh, that this guy has. And, uh, and, and, and he also apparently uh, touts some other talents. So some other talents including classical music. Yeah, this is interesting. He just dropped his Spotify single. And <laughs> it's like, yeah, check it, check out my single on SoundCloud. No, he's a little cooler than that. Uh, and I do think this is actually kind of mind-blowing how good of a, uh, of a musician this guy is. Um, listen to this. I, I can only play a short clip lest, lest his um, expensive F1 lawyers uh, come after me. Uh, but 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 here, just this is this is actually, in all seriousness, not what I would expect from a Formula One racing driver. Yep, behind the wheel and behind the piano. That dude has some talent. That is really cool. So I, this is just a, it's just kind of fun. I, I want to kind of give him a little bit of a, 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 of some praise there. I mean, I'm not a big classical music guy. I'm, I'm not, but, but that sounded pretty good to me. And, and when I, when I heard, you know, F1 driver drops his Spotify single, I was expecting it to be, I don't know, rap, anything, you know, electronic music, uh, whatever. I was expecting that. Uh, I feel like that's probably what it would be if it was Lewis Hamilton, but but no 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 this no Char- Charles Leclerc, I mean, dude, very nice, very nice. Uh, I I think that you know it's interesting that F1 drivers uh, seemingly have uh, <laughs> they they seemingly have uh, hobbies outside of F1. Can you imagine that? I mean, most people say, yeah, I want racing as my hobby. And, and, and I want to do it for a career. No, apparently, I mean, he races, that's his career. And 
playing beautiful songs on piano is is his hobby. So um, good for him. I mean, that's honestly cool. I very unexpected. <coughs> excuse me. Uh, uh, very unexpected. Very cool. Uh, nonetheless. So uh, I think, yeah, that's fun. I, 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 you know what? We need to uh, we need to have him do that. The the next thing we would need would be for him to do that while he's racing. So you have like the piano on the F1 car, and and he's playing that while he's overtaking Max Verstappen. Uh, which Max Verstappen does need to be overtaken a few a few more times. Just just a, just a few more times. Someone needs to overtake him some, because uh, that guy he's also pretty good. But uh, but no no. I think this is the next evolution. We could honestly create a sport out of this when you think about it, right? Like we could create a sport. You know how there's Formula E? Well, we could do like Formula E, but Formula I don't know M for for music or something. And and all of the drivers. This is this is the genesis of this. By the way, this is. Like you're hearing this here first. This is going to be the next big thing. This is going to take F overtake F1. It's going to overtake Formula E. Yeah, I don't it's not talking about Formula E anyway, but it's going to overtake all of these things. And we can have drivers competing while racing with a variety of different musical instruments. So like you could have a guy in a, like maybe the Ferrari guys could be playing like an oboe while they're driving. Then you have another dude playing the keyboard. And, and you basically have a concert going around a F1 track at 200 miles an hour. I would tune into that. You bet I would tune into that. I would tune into that every day. I mean, I, I, the boom, mind blown. That is the next big spectator sport. I mean, how do we combine the arts and athletics and racing? Racing is a lot of athletic stuff. It's also engineering. It's all these other things. Like, like how do we do that? And we could apply this. We could apply this scope to any number of, of sports, really, too. I mean, how fantastic would it be to watch uh, NFL football and the guys tackling each other are wearing like trombones or sorry, tubas, the big tubas and stuff and, and whacking each other with like trumpets and stuff. I think that would be uh, that would be really entertaining. I think that would revitalize my hope in spectator sports. Personally, I would I, just saying if, if you agree with me. And I think we should all agree with this. I don't know who wouldn't agree with incorporating this into all forms of sports, but, you know, starting small first, like with F1 and maybe like NASCAR, and you could have some other instruments or something in NASCAR, or you could tie some other things into that. I mean, you could, there's a lot of things you could do to make this work. I, I, I think so. I think this is a brilliant idea. We, <laughs> we need more of, uh, of this. So uh, if you have ideas on how to how to incorporate this into motorsports? I don't know. Let me know. Facebook.com. You know how to get a hold of me. Facebook.com slash automotive ADHD. Really good stuff uh, right there. Now, by the way, one other thing I got to talk about. We're wrapping the show up here, but uh, one other thing is uh, next week, um, Mike Narks is uh, the uh, host as well as the co-owner of uh, Drag and Drive Addiction. He is going to be joining me next week for a special on the show, a one-on-one -on -one to talk about drag and drive. It is a form of drag racing. Think, um, you know, Rocky Mountain Race Week. Think Hot Rod Power Tour. Think of these different things where you basically take your drag car and you drive it track to track to track. You can't trailer it to these tracks. It's really, really seriously cool. And uh, we're going to hear from him firsthand about it next week. So you got to stick around. You got to subscribe to the show. Everywhere the show is downloaded, where fine shows and this one Spotify, YouTube, Rumble, Amazon. Remember to give it a rating on Spotify as well. Six stars. Blow it up. Now, I will see you same time, same place, right here next week.